Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is Adam Carricker on the ticket. Position right of the quarterback out of the shotgun. First and 20. Jailbreak screen in the air. It is tipped. It is intercepted by Carricker at the Missouri 21-yard line. Live from the heart of Lincoln, America, eight-year NFL vet and All-American defensive lineman, Adam Carricker. Shotgun snap to Everett. He's got the left arm going, and now he's got a whole lot of Adam Carricker. He rips him down inside the 25-yard line. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com, here's your host, Adam Carricker. Welcome, everybody, to Adam Carricker on the ticket. And you guessed it, I got a case of the Fridays because it's the weekend. It's Friday, and we got a whole plethora of Husker sports. And, of course, Husker football coming up on Saturday as they travel to East Lansing to take on good old Michigan State, the Spartans. We got a loaded show today, as always. All right. First and foremost, as always, you can check out GE Landscape Supply. Check them out at gelandscapesupply.com. Also, check out CarricerChronicles.com. It's where your football hopes and dreams will come true. It's just a scientific fact. In the last 10 minutes of this show, you can call or text 402-464-5685 to send in your questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, or otherwise for the people's segment. But here's what's on the docket today. Nebraska's football schedule for next year. We have more specifics than we did before. Who we're playing, when we're playing them, where we're playing them at, and how it all looks. We're going to chat about that. The Big Ten schedule in general. Rutgers, are they going to Cali? Are the teams from Cali in the great old Northwest? Are they traveling out East? How's this going to work? How's this going to look? What are some of the big matchups? I took a glance real quick. Let me just double check and make sure I'm correct on this one. I believe I am. But one of the first matchups we're going to get next year, yep, there it is, Michigan and USC right out the gate. That's going to be a fun one right out the gate to start next year. Chat real quick, not too much, about year two under Matt Rule, what that might look like, more from a schedule perspective than anything else. Okay. And then, obviously, we're going to look at Michigan State. This is a team that's two and six, lost six in a row, having a bit of a rough season, to put it just a smidge mildly, trying to find a quarterback, trying to figure out how to score. Now, they can. Okay. They can be a physical team. They do have a top 50 rush defense. Right, held four of their five conference opponents under 140 rush yards. So this is not a given. This is a game Nebraska's favored, not by a wide margin, okay, nor should it be. But it is a game I do believe we should win and get to bowl eligibility. So we're going to talk about that. And then I looked at the college football schedule for this weekend. There were five games that stood out to me. Okay, we're going to talk about those. And then I'm just going to throw in a Big Ten matchup that's intriguing to me, at least on a bit of a degree. All right. So let's start out real quick. Thoughts, and then, pardon me, at 1230, all right, we're going to bring on former longtime athletic trainer, Doak Ostergaard. Now, I wanted to bring this guy on because he was there under a bunch of different coaches at Nebraska. He was there for decades. He was there while I was there. This is the man, a man who is around the program to this day, okay? And so this is the guy 
depending on how much he chooses to share, has got a lot of things that he's seen. And I always thought it'd be kind of interesting to bring Doke onto the show. All right, so I'm looking forward to that at 1230, and then we'll close out with the people's segment. But let's start by looking at Nebraska's official schedule next year. All right, now the first, let me see, the first seven games is not exactly a gauntlet. We're going to open up with UTEP, University of Texas, El Paso. Okay, then Colorado comes to Lincoln. Our first four games are all at home. Okay, and five of our first six are all home games. So you got to like that. UTEP, Colorado comes to Lincoln September 7th. Northern Iowa and Illinois. Okay, all and who knows what Illinois is going to look like next year. They were pretty good last year. Okay, not quite what they had hoped to be this year. Brett Bielema, Bielema, excuse me, is a good football coach. How much progress can they make under him a year from now? Okay, they could be a team that's struggling. They could be a pretty good team. We really have no idea what to make of them. That's our first four games, all in Lincoln, UTEP, Colorado, Northern Iowa, Illinois. Okay, the one that sticks out the most to me, obviously, is Colorado. What are the Buffaloes going to look like in year two under Coach Prime? Is Shadur Sanders going to be back? Coach Prime earlier this year came out and said he will be back. <laughs> he basically said he can make a, a lot of money in, in NIL. So the NFL isn't that big of a step up for him. But we'll see what actually informally happens. Okay, then you go to Purdue, game five of the year. Year two under Ryan Walters. All right. And then Rutgers comes to Lincoln October 5th. And then the Huskers head out to Indiana. Now, it's real easy to look at this schedule. The first seven games. And be like, oh, we're going to be 6-1, and 7-0, and 5-2, and two, whatever the case may be. Who knows? I think we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, you know, with doing anything like that. From a larger point of view, not predicting wins and losses, that just seems kind of crazy at this point to me. All right, this is not the murderer's row gauntlet that we potentially could have had, okay, to start the season. Now, the back half of the season, the last five games, gets tougher. But if you want to figure things out, if you want to get young guys' experience, okay, and I'm not taking any of these games for granted, to be clear. Okay, those first seven games are manageable. And you got to like how you can get, you know, you would like to think you can get the ball rolling, so to speak, on the season in a positive manner. All right, like I mentioned, the last five games get a little bit more challenging. You go to Ohio State. UCLA comes to Lincoln. You go to USC. Okay, Wisconsin comes to Lincoln. You go to Iowa. Those are the last five games. Okay, those are some challenging games. But this isn't as, you know, difficult – as schedules as it possibly could have been. Okay, we kind of had an idea who the opponents were, but now knowing how the schedule actually looks, away games, home games, where these games are allocated as well. Okay, and the bye week. The Huskers are going to get a bye week on October 12th. So one, two, three, four, five, exactly six games in. So they're really going to have eight weeks, seven games plus a bye week, eight weeks. And again, can't take any of those first seven games for granted. Like Colorado's going to come in here wanting to beat us and all these other teams. Rutgers is pretty good this year. Okay, I expect Purdue to make a pretty good jump next year. No idea what to make of what's going on in Bloomington with Indiana right now in their football program. But the first eight weeks are very, very manageable. Okay, and the first seven games and the bye week. There's a lot of things you can do in there. Should be able to win a good amount of games. And then you get ready for Ohio State on the road. 
UCLA in Lincoln at USC, Wisconsin in Lincoln. And then we close out good old Black Friday at Iowa. So to me, this is this is an exciting schedule. I like there, there's good matchups. There's exciting matchups the last half of the season. There's Colorado, uh, obviously Colorado coming into Lincoln. That's exciting. You got games you can't take for granted. That's for sure. But you got an opportunity to build early to the middle portion of the season as you get ready for the back half of the schedule. Okay. So that's kind of how Nebraska's schedule breaks down going into next year. As a Husker fan, I really kind of like it, honestly. It's something that I think Husker fans can be excited about. There's reasons for positives. And I'll be honest with you, the Big Ten doesn't really care. They could have front-loaded our schedule and said deal with it. But I like the way it worked out. I like the way it shakes out. There's great matchups. There's rivalries. There's time to, to build some things while you should get some wins without taking anything for granted. I think there's a lot of things to look forward to when it comes to Nebraska's football schedule next season. Now, you kind of look at the Big Ten as an overall whole. And one of the things that I wanted to look at immediately, all right, West Coast teams going to East, the East Coast, East Coast going to the West. So I started with Rutgers, who's in Piscataway. I'll tell you what. Okay. So I've they're playing teams like Washington, UCLA, USC. Okay. So there's going to be some traveling. Whether Rutgers is going to the West Coast for some of these, the West Coast teams coming to the East Coast. I was kind of curious if the Big Ten would do some sort of a pod system. You know, where you got like the Northwest teams, Washington, Oregon, then you got the California teams, USC, UCLA, and then maybe a bunch, Nebraska and Iowa into a certain pod. And maybe you do three different pods of six teams. You know, that would have made life a little bit easier for the West Coast teams. Frankly, I would have hated it as a Nebraska guy because now you can reach into the state of California for recruiting and that whole West Coast for recruiting if you're playing those teams each and every year. Now, Nebraska is still going to play USC, UCLA, plenty of opportunities to recruit in California and the West Coast starting next year. But these teams, this is really a national conference, as we know, East Coast to West Coast and everything in between. There's going to be a lot of traveling. Now, with football, I mean, you're, you're going once a week. You know, I would call it maybe annoying if you're a player. You know, but you, you start to think about some of these Olympic sports and you start to think about some of these teams that play a lot more than 12 games in a regular season. Okay, some of these programs, some of these sports, you know, basketball, baseball, they're playing like 30 games. So that's a lot of traveling, a lot of midweek traveling as well, or at least during the weekdays. Okay, you got to student athlete, you got to stay on top of your schools, your studies. So I'm sure these are things that will be addressed as next year gets closer. I'm sure they're already talking about how they're going to help these these athletes out, these men and women, okay, tutors, et cetera, and whatnot, getting them the lesson plans in, in advance and helping them out academically because it's going to be going to be more challenging, okay? But, I mean, honestly, if you're a college football fan, it's hard not to be excited by some of the matchups that we're now going to get. Like I mentioned, Michigan-USC, September 21st, okay? Michigan-Washington, could you imagine – if they were playing this Saturday. Are you kidding me? Two top five teams. That would be phenomenal. Okay, Michigan, Oregon. You got the number one scoring defense in the entire country in Michigan. And I haven't looked at the national offensive rankings, but a couple of weeks ago, the number one scoring offense in the country was USC, Washington, and Oregon. How phenomenal would those matchups be right here, right now, if we had them this season? Of course, you got Michigan, Ohio State as well. You start to think about... 
Ohio State, they don't play a bunch of the teams from the West Coast, but you are going to see an Ohio State-Oregon game next year. Okay. There's a lot of exciting matchups on here. If I'm a Washington Huskies fan, my team is playing Michigan. My team is playing USC, UCLA, Penn State, okay, Oregon, Iowa. Oh, my, oh my, oh my God. Like, maybe the best offense in the country and the worst offense in the country on the same field. Just, just to see it happen would be entertaining as, as a fan, regardless of who I'm rooting for. Okay. Those are some of the things that stick out to me. I know I myself have had trepidations about NIL and transfer portal and some other things with college football. I think there's things to be excited about. Okay, the Big Ten, the matchups you're going to get going forward are going to be better than we've ever had. Instead of having Ohio State versus never heard of a university three times a year, it's going to be replaced with probably Oregon and Washington and maybe one never heard of a university. Because let's be real, teams aren't going to stack their non-conferences anymore. But that's okay. Maybe, uh, maybe make everyone play nine conference games, every conference, <clears throat> SEC. I would say the ACC, but nobody really cares about them. They're not even good at basketball right now. At least they weren't last year. We'll see how this year unfolds. They need Duke and North Carolina to be good again, just like in basketball, just like they need Florida State and Miami. I know Florida State's doing better. Miami, just take a knee and you'll be better immediately. But they, they need those schools to be better in football because let's be real, the ACC is hanging on by a thread. And I don't think they're going to be hanging on much longer because I think there's going to be an exodus at some point in the future, which is going to create even more big time matchups. If you're depending on where some of those teams go, whether it's the SEC, whether it's a big 10, big 12, you know, the, the conference that was thought to be dead a couple, three summers ago, all of a sudden there could be a big three. If, I mean, the pack two, let's be real. Okay. The ACC hanging on by a thread If the big 12 starts gobbling up a bunch of these teams. It could be big 10 SEC, big 12. I'm not going to spend a whole lot more time on this today. It was prompted by the schedule that came out. We're going to have a whole offseason. There's going to be, okay, and I, I, I'm going to paraphrase, but I, I believe the last time Trev Albers talked about this, either a month or two ago, he just simply made like a comment like the next round of teams that move in and out of conferences is really going to move college football more than even more than anything we've seen to this point so far. All right. Now, we start to talk about Michigan State. Michigan State, two and six, trying to figure out who the quarterback is. They've had three different players who've taken a snap under center this year for good old Sparty, combined nine touchdowns and 10 interceptions. They have zero touchdowns as a team in their last eight quarters. They're averaging six points a game over their last two games. All right. They lost to Minnesota 27 to 12, four field goals. And, you know, in all fairness, it was Michigan. Michigan probably knew what they were doing for good old Sparty got off the bus. But Michigan beat them 49 to nothing. So Michigan State, okay, they can be a physical team. They can be a tough team to run the ball on. That could be an interesting matchup. Watching Nebraska's offense, we're clearly a run-the-ball first team. Anything we do passing offense-wise feeds off the run. Okay, and it's a top 50 run defense. Like I mentioned earlier, they've held four out of five conference opponents under 140 yards rushing, while Nebraska averages over 200 yards a game. So that's going to be an interesting matchup to see. Can we run the ball on them? Can we move the ball? Can we move it consistently? Can we take care of the ball? All right. And then, based on how well we do or do not run the ball, I think we're going to be able to run it on them, but we'll see. Can we do it consistently? 
and then set up the passing game out of that. All right. A couple of fake option touchdown passes two weeks in a row to a couple of young, speedy freshman receivers, Jalen Lloyd, uh, Malachi Coleman. Okay, so this is a matchup between Michigan and Nebraska that has been close historically. There aren't a lot of blowouts. The past three meetings have been decided by a combined seven points. All right. So for me, this could be a game where there's a lot of field goals. Neither one of these teams are great in the red zone. Okay, we're not great in the red zone. They're not great in the red zone. This could be come down to a, a battle of field goals. Tristan Alvano seems to have found a stride. Okay, made a couple of, of field goals here in Memorial Stadium that were not easy, 47, 55 yards. He made them look easy. Okay, I want to see him do it on the road. Like I mentioned, those were in Memorial Stadium. I want to see him do it on the road. This could be a game where that matters as much or more than ever, potentially. So if you missed my recent character chronicles, my daughter Addison joins me, Ty Robinson. It's a mega show. We do the preview and prediction show with my daughter Addison in the beginning. And then Ty Robinson joins me for the last half of the show. If you missed it, go check it out, characterchronicles.com, my YouTube, social medias, all right, anywhere, hashtag cheap plug. So this year, this is the ninth game of the year. So first one, my son Jacob did not either give the prediction or feed his sisters a prediction. Jacob and I are four and four on the year. I'm going to go with he's smart. Not that I'm not. I hope that's right. Okay. I predicted Nebraska actually wins 20 to six. I don't know that we consistently move the ball on this defense, but I think maybe our defense against their struggling quarterbacks helps gives us a short field or two offensively. I do think we can put together at least one long touchdown drive as an offense, either to start the game or start the second half. And then I think we hit another deep ball over the top at some point, sucking that defense in with the run game. Boom, hit it over the top. Just one. And if it's not offensively, I think we find another way to score on special teams or defense. Just one big play for a touchdown from some part of the team. I don't care what it is. And I think Michigan State really struggles to move the ball versus our defense. So I think we win 20 to 6. I don't think it's a dominating 14-point win. I think it's like I just said. I think there's a big play here or there that goes our way. Okay? just based on what I've seen from good old Sparty and our defense more so than anything else. Okay, and I think Michigan State struggles to move the ball against our defense. My daughter Addison predicted it. Again, this is her prediction. No help from Brother Jacob. 20-10, to 10, Nebraska. So a little higher scoring, but still taking the under. All right, now Ty Robinson, when he joined me, he really he opened up on the its personal part. There were some comments kind of that the defensive line, they're young, they took them personally, and they have been one of the best units. Instead of one of the biggest question marks this year, they've been one of the best units on the entire team. I asked him about ones versus ones in practice. He says we do it, we do it a couple times every week because I asked him about being the second hardest practicing team in the country, according to a recent NFL scout behind Georgia. He wants to catch Georgia, but he talked about live tackling in practice on a weekly basis, and he talked about doing ones v. ones. Okay, and... I did have a conversation with somebody recently where they said, hey, do you think how hard they're practicing is actually contributing to the injury rate for the Huskers? I said, no, I don't think so. I said, also, what other choice do we have? We've got to get better. So check out that stuff if you missed it. Also, don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. I will be joined after the break by former longtime Husker trainer, Doak Ostergaard. And then after that, I'll preview some of this weekend's college football games as well as getting to the people segment. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.